you're listening to Maybe You're Like Me, the transparent musings of a God girl chasing after her purpose. Maybe You're Like Me is a podcast for dreamers and doers who take life's lessons and level up to look more like Christ. We'll connect through super relatable stories, growing pains, and aha moments that most of us share, just not always out loud. I'm your host, Alicia Watson, creative entrepreneur, playwright, author, wife, mother, daughter of the king, and so much more. And I can't help but to think that maybe you're like me. Hey, hey, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Maybe You're Like Me with Alicia Watson. That's me, Alicia Watson. And if you know me, you know that I am big on purpose. I am a fan of God's will being done and God getting the glory. You might know that because I kind of mention it in almost every episode. I believe that each of us were made for a purpose. Some things that we do sometimes is in who we are, where we are, how we're positioned, who we're connected to, and through our gifts and talents that we accomplish this purpose. I think our purpose is revealed and we are allowed to be active participants as we continue to live in and stay connected to God when we're seeking his face and acting out on our in the moment assignments. As we stay obedient, we get to see how he's working in and through us, right? Sometimes our purpose is fun and fulfilling. Sometimes though, our purpose and assignments feel kind of hard and burdensome. So maybe you're like me and you feel the pressure of purpose. Sometimes we want to stray away and do what we think is best, like Jonah the prophet running from his assignment in Nineveh. Sometimes it's isolating and alienating, like Micaiah the prophet. Now, if you've never heard of Micaiah the prophet, I understand. It's one of those stories that's buried deep, 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 deep in the Old Testament, but it is one of my favorites. So for this episode, it's going to be a little story time as we read it together. And by the end, we'll see how Micaiah is a great example of operating within your purpose, even when you're feeling the pressure. The story is in 1 Kings 22. It's chapters 1 through 40. I know it's a lot. It's a lot. We're going to get through it. I'm reading from the NLT. Verse 1. For three years, there was no war between Aram and Israel. Then during the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit King Ahab of Israel. During the visit, the king of Israel said to his officials, do you realize that the town of Ramoth Gilead belongs to us? And yet we've done nothing to recapture it from the king of Aram. Then he turned to Jehoshaphat and asked, Will you join me in battle to recover Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, Why, of course, you and I are as one. My troops are your troops and my horses are your horses. Then Jehoshaphat added, But first, let's find out what the Lord says. So the king of Israel summoned the prophets, about 400 of them, and asked them, Should I go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should I hold back? They all replied, Yes. Go right ahead. The Lord will give the king victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. The king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat, there is one more man who could consult the Lord for us, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imlah. Jehoshaphat replied, that's not a way kings should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, quick, bring Micaiah, son of Imlah. King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah, dressed in their royal robes, were sitting on the thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying there in front of them. One of them, Zedekiah, son of Kenaniah, made some iron horns and proclaimed, This is what the Lord says. With these horns, you will gore the Arameans to death. 
all the other prophets agree. Yes. They say, go up to Ramoth Gilead and be victorious for the Lord will give the king victory. Meanwhile, the messenger who went to get Micaiah said to him, look, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. But Micaiah replied, as surely as the Lord lives, I will only say what the Lord tells me to say. When Micaiah arrived before the king, Ahab asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should we hold back? Micaiah replied sarcastically, yes, go up and be victorious for the Lord will give the king victory. But the king replied sharply, how many times must I demand that you speak only truth to me when you speak for the Lord? Then Micaiah told him in a vision, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. (sighs) Didn't I tell you? The king of Israel exclaimed to Jehoshaphat. He never prophesied anything but trouble for me. Then Micaiah continued, listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven around him, on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, who can entice Ahab to go to battle against Ramoth Gilead so he can be killed? There were many suggestions. And finally, a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do this? The Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. Then Zedekiah's son of Kenaniah walked up to Micaiah and slapped him across the face. Since when did the spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you? He demanded. And Micaiah replied, you will find out soon enough when you're trying to hide in some secret room. Arrest him, the king of Israel ordered. Take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to my son Joash. Give them this order from the king. Put this man in prison and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from battle. But Micaiah replied, if you return safely, it will mean that the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added to those standing around, everyone mark my word. Drama, right? The drama. Okay, verse 29. (laughs) So King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah led their armies against Ramoth Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, as we go into battle, I'm going to disguise myself so no one will recognize me, but you wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and they went into battle. Meanwhile, the king of Aram had issued these orders to his 32 chariot commanders. Attack only the king of Israel. Don't bother with anybody else. So when the Aramean chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat in his royal robes, they went after him. There is the king of Israel, they shouted. But when Jehoshaphat called out, the chariot commanders realized that he was not the king of Israel and they stopped chasing him. An Aramean soldier, however, randomly shot an arrow at an Israelite troops and hit the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. Turn the horses and get me out of here, Ahab groaned to the driver of his chariot. I'm badly wounded. The battle raged all day and the king remained propped up on his chariot facing the Arameans. The blood from his wound ran down to the floor of his chariot, and as evening arrived, he died. Just as the sun was setting, the cry ran through his troops. We're done for. Run for your lives. So the king died, and his body was taken to Samaria and buried there. Then his chariot was washed beside the pool of Samaria, and dogs came and licked his blood at the place where the prostitutes bathed, just as the Lord had promised. The rest of the events of Ahab's reign and everything he did, including the story of the ivory palace and towns he built, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. So Ahab died and his son Ahaziah became king next. So good, right? So what did Micaiah do that we can apply under pressure? Now, the first thing is to remain bold and courageous and confident. Everyone was going left, but he stayed right. He only said what God told him to say. We might feel the pressure to go with the crowd, to say what's popular, to submit to the voice and the message of the culture, but we'll always do better to not conform 
but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. You might have a voice and a message that's countercultural. It might sound different than what everyone else is saying, and it might put a target on your back. Your unpopular take on something may be offensive, and it might be convicting to others. They may hate you for it. They may attack you for it. But if it's what God is telling you to say, you have to say it. You are responsible for the message, not the response to the message. Secondly, sometimes you have to show up when you don't want to, and sometimes for people who don't care for you. The very people you're called to may not be receptive. When you're feeling that pressure, remember, you are a vessel for the Lord. Don't take people personally. Lastly, you have to stand 10 toes down when you face opposition. Listen, that slap really threw me. People will feel emboldened to do some wild stuff to you because they feel they have the authority behind them and will gain some approval for it. But it still wasn't enough to get Micaiah to change his story. That slap didn't stop him. Their opposition didn't stop him. What God told him to say, he said, and he stood on it. In fact, Micaiah got even bolder when he was getting arrested, arrested for speaking the truth that God told him to say. Sometimes we receive punishments for things that God tells us to do, but you have to stand in it knowing that God will vindicate. God will revenge. God will avenge. You don't have to worry about it. I won't get too deep in it, and believe me, it's deep. But there was a time when I learned of something disturbing that was going down between some people. I felt led to bring it to the attention of my leadership and bring it out into the light. The person who directly told me the information, who was the actual victim, who didn't know they were a victim, she cursed me out and called me a liar when we were all confronted by the leadership. And I understood. I broke her confidence and she didn't feel like she needed to be rescued. The other party wasn't deeply investigated or held accountable. And it seemed like I made all of it up for some reason. I don't know why I would, but okay. In fact, that party was elevated to positions with high visibility and responsibility. And so initially, I was really hurt and confused. Why would God lead me to put myself on the line trying to protect people who didn't want to be protected? So eventually, we all moved on, and I just trusted God to be God. Then, some years later, out of nowhere, I was publicly criticized for my vigilance, attacking my character and integrity in a way that only the people involved would knew that that criticism was directed at me. And okay, that really did feel like a slap in the face. But a few years after that, everything hit the fan. And my initial concern, because it went unchecked for so long, got 10 times worse. And the other party was able to hurt more people. And, you know, I cried when I learned about it. Like, I cried real tears. Because God sent me with a message so many years earlier. Those people didn't have to suffer, but they did because the leadership favored this person. God comforted me, though, in reminding me that ultimately I was responsible for my part, my part of bringing what was done in the dark to light. But I wasn't responsible for how people responded and used that information. So I'll leave you with that. If you're feeling the pressure of your purpose, don't worry. Just believe and receive the download and move in obedience to do and say what God has instructed you to do and say. Two more verses, 1 Thessalonians 2 and 4. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of the heart. And once again, Romans 8, 28, which is just a theme of this season. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Well, that's all I have for you today. If you're like me, I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram at the Alicia Watson, send a DM and let's chat. If you know someone who's like us, share this episode with them. And if you would so kindly, please subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to find podcasts. I hope you have a beautifully blessed week. Thanks again for being here. Okay, bye.